Here is some of the best nursing advice you will ever receive from nine highly successful nurses. Let's get into number one. I'm Nassima. I'm a labor and delivery nurse of 13 years. I work in the San Francisco Bay Area, California. I was in healthcare administration for several years. I have a master's in healthcare administration and hated it. I got into UCSF nursing school. It's an accelerated nursing program that you have to do a master's degree. I ultimately did get my FMP, but I still work as a labor and delivery nurse. And so I finished that program, but I, I had PTSD. And so I didn't want to be an FMP. And plus FMPs in the Bay Area, you already know, make less than nurses and the job yes. is like I don't want to prescribe you know promethazine and codeine and Viagra all day like that's what I felt like <laughs> it would be and so I just didn't do it yeah. on very few occasions I do stay over but it's not my norm $200,000 on basically just 36 hours a week so how what is your hourly rate currently $104 an hour <laughs> that's it and if I was per DM wow. which I'll yeah. probably go it'll be closer to $130 an hour if I max out my 403b my 457 so by the time I'm 43 44 <laughs> I will have enough saved in my investment accounts where I could retire that's if I don't contribute another dime to my retirement after two years so a 457 is you typically offered when you have a 403b and a 403b is similar to a 401k except it's for like teachers or government organizations or organizations that are classified similar to like firefighters like public service right yeah. and because the hospital that i work at has some kind of weird government classification because it's um, part of a township so um we have a 403b and then in addition to a 403b you have what's called deferred compensation which is a 457 and with the 457 you get the same tax savings so you get like if it's if a 403b or a 401k you can say pre-tax yeah, yeah pre-tax like twenty thousand five hundred. you get the same yeah. benefit in a 457 wow. so now <laughs> instead of just being able to max out the twenty thousand five hundred in my 403b oh, which drops my taxable income now yeah. i can contribute another twenty thousand five hundred wow. to my 457 which now drops my taxable income by forty one thousand dollars a year, which in California is really <laughs> important because oh, we get yes. paid so much as a nurse, but our taxes are crazy high. And so yeah. now my taxable income, if I made $100,000 a year, would go down to $60,000, which drastically uh, decreases your tax bracket, but yeah. exponentially increases how much you have saved in retirement. Yeah. So it's yeah, no a super benefit. The other benefit of 457 is you can take it out at separation or whenever. Yeah, you don't have to wait to traditional retirement age. You could roll that over into a, a IRA when you leave, or you can just leave it at the organization and take distributions when you want it. So it's a dope ass early retirement tool. And then you pay regular taxes when you take it out, yeah. but you could just leave it there and just pull from it as you need to. But I make over <laughs> the income limit for a Roth IRA. So what I do is called a backdoor Roth. And the way that that works is every year I contribute to a traditional IRA. Yeah. And then there's literally just like one button that you push in the back end. Like once it's fully funded, I put my $6,000 a year in there or whatever the maximum is. I push a button that says convert and I convert that into a Roth IRA. And then that's it. And the benefits of doing that is now I have this, you know, my 403B and my 457 money that's like taxable when I take the money out, right? Yeah. But your Roth money um, is not taxable because you've already paid taxes on it and all the growth on it is not taxable. So I have my diversified taxation 
information exchange, right? This is taxable. This isn't taxable. And so it just depends on like what my money is like. So if I'm like taking a year off and I'll go live in Costa Rica and I'm not generating any income that year, I will pull from my tax, like like my 457, which is taxable. But because I'm not generating any money in that tax year, my taxes are going to be close to nothing, right? Or in years where I may work half a year, now I'll pull from my Roth and then it's not taxable, right? So it's, it's yeah. all, it's levels. This is about game. It's about knowing how to play the game. What is your current net worth? It's 833,676. And that was as wow. of last week. Wow. So I hope to be mother. over a million dollars this year. Hopefully, wow. fingers crossed. Depends on what yeah. the market <laughs> is going to do. My take home varies from 14 to 16, 18,000, depending yeah. on what I'm working on. And so all of that stuff just gets reinvested either back into my business or into investments. I only keep like a thousand dollars in my savings account. Yeah, so I cool. own a house. I believe your house shouldn't be more than two times your annual gross pay and yeah. mine's falls under that. But also I always have an extra room that I rent out to travel nurses. Wow. So that decreases my mortgage by a thousand dollars a month. My mortgage is like three thousand dollars a month. Yeah. So two thousand yeah. dollars a month in living expenses wow, in cool. the San Francisco yeah. Bay area is <laughs> not bad. Before I opened my own business, I started off as an informatics nurse. I also did hospice at the same time. I paid for a nursing school as a hairdresser in Cleveland, Ohio. And I went back to emergency nursing, emergency nursing and aesthetics working in other people's spas. And then I went ahead and ventured off and I opened my own spa. At the time, I only held an associate's degree. I actually would not recommend anybody to get a bachelor's. You should get an associate's degree, get in your field, and then let the hospital pay for your bachelor's and master's. And here in California versus Cleveland, Ohio, you guys have uh, ratios here. So the goal as a nurse is always to make it here. The ratios alone and safe patient ratios, it's the strongest union I've ever been a part of. And I mean, California Nurses Unit do not play. They will protect their nurses. Even before I became a nurse, I was a hairstylist. So I hold my cosmetology license in Ohio and here in California. So I have always been in the beauty industry. At the end of graduating from cosmetology school, they have like a career day. So all these different things, what you can do with cosmetology. And a company came out and talked about aesthetic nursing. So I was like, oh, it's a done deal. I'm going to nursing school. So I paid for uh, nursing school as a hairdresser in Cleveland, Ohio. When you come to a spa or you're in a beauty industry, people are seeking you. When you're in the emergency room, it's almost always the worst day of their life. I have two uh, part-time employees and one full-time. I have a partnership with the HR company that if I wanted to find another employee, I just go ahead and put a requisition out and it goes out to the masses like Indeed, LinkedIn, the local newspaper. So that I get inquiries like that and I screen them and bring them in for uh, interviews. And you're doing that on your own? I do it all the time. That is a lot. And you have a job at Kaiser while you're doing this. Yep. And I work at Kaiser full time. And I'm a master's full time degree student. Oh my gosh. This is why this is a (laughs) 24 seven job. This is a 24 seven job. So what you want to do is you want to throw a lot of the money towards the machines, get the machine paid off. And at that point, you are a hundred percent profit on this machine outside of the ultrasound consumable. That's probably about $30 a month. Okay. So you said um, about $7,000 right per month 
per month. So that's with salary, that is with all the product that we use. We carry a skin line here called Obaji. So that's with the skincare line that we purchase for people to buy their products to accommodate all the services that they're already receiving to keep up that good practice on their skincare. And so we bring in, well, anywhere from 40 to 60,000 a month. What I would advise is I would always say to, again, work from the inside out. I think you should work for a spa or either be trained by somebody locally so that if you have those questions, you have a mentor built in. And what I would also say is that if you plan on going into this business, understand that this is just not a bedside business. This is a sales job. So if you are not a good salesperson or you are not a go-getter and you understand that the words that you say or the things that you present, you have to be a customer of the services that you provide. For example, my employees, all of them get free services because they are my walking. Can I be your employee? You definitely can. <laughs> you absolutely can. If you want to be in this industry, you have to think way bigger than getting away from just the bedside. It's much bigger than that. You have to always be talking about the business. My name is Sheila. Um, I grew up in New York. I decided to become a nurse because honestly, I didn't know what I wanted to do when I was in high school. And I had a lot of nurses in my family, typical. And it was honestly the best thing ever. It was very difficult, like going through school and everything. But I think once you get past that and then you start working, it's like different types of challenge, but in like a good way. So I worked in two different locations. As a new grad, I worked in the one by um, Columbus Circle to Mount Sinai West. Then when I went to the PICU, which was like about a year and four months later, I moved to that big, the main hospital in Central Park. My first job, my base was $46 an hour and my BSN was 72 cents differential. And my night shift differential was $2.76. So it's about like $49 an hour for my first nursing job in New York. Started out adult med surgery. And then finally I got a job around October of 2019. I left December of 2019. I started orientation for the PICU January of 2020, right before the pandemic. I was like, first of all, I'm not married. I don't have kids. I don't have any ties here. And I had paid off my debt in 2020. And next thing you know, I signed the contract, ended my lease, sold all my furnitures, got a storage. Then I started following this recruiter and she calls me. She's like, I need nurses. Now I was like, just for fun, what are the rates? right now she's like my highest paying contract right now is in Long Beach and I was like oh my god so five years ago at that time I always wanted to live in the South Bay in California so I was like the rates made sense right it was so high but then most importantly for me it was going to be in a location that I've always wanted to be in anyway. So I was like, why not? Like in New York, I was netting probably just 1100 a week. Also, I'm like, I really want to buy a house. I want to like do all these things, but I'm like almost breaking even at the end of the month. I don't have a luxurious lifestyle. I don't have a super fancy car. I don't live in Manhattan. I don't buy designer things and stuff like that. So I think um, a big part of like the debt-free journey for me, because I was so hyper-focused on getting rid 
rid of this debt. You're working so hard as a nurse, right? You're working all these hours. You're physically like always tired. I cannot live my life for as long as I have this $75,000 debt, like weighing me down. That's what really pushed me to, oh my God, like I need to pay this off. I need to pay this off. I need to pay this off. So I was not going out. I wasn't spending a lot of money. I also lived at home at first. And so then I just paid that off. My last payment, I remember it was August 10th of 2020. It was the best day ever. So contract, you know, it's three months, right? 13 yeah. weeks. So I look at it and it was the number that the gross was, I was like, this is like my net for a whole year working as a staff nurse in New York. So how much were you actually coming home with? I want to say 38, 39. A family friend of mine saw me post something on Instagram and she hit me up. She was like, hey, I live in Long Beach too. And it turns out she's 10 minutes away from the hospital. She had an extra room in her house. She's not a stranger because she's a family friend. And two months later, I moved in there and I was paying $800. This whole year or this whole time that I've been traveling, there's like, I give myself at least one eight day stretch a month yeah. and I'll take off here and there. So I've taken it off and I'll like even just do little things, you know, I was like driving down to San Diego by myself. I went to Hawaii by myself actually in May. I was like, <laughs> I have five days, six days off. I was like, I have nothing to do. Let me go to Hawaii. <laughs> so I went to Hawaii by myself. I know right now you hear a lot of things and you're seeing a lot of things within nursing that is like, oh, I don't want to do that. Or it's making people really scared. It is so worth it. And nursing is a career that's going to give you the most opportunities to learn, to grow in all aspects of your life and whatever your goals are, whatever that is. And you can use nursing to do that. My parents, Filipinos, both of them, they came here worked as nurses and when it was time for me to go to college they were just like i told them i don't know what i want to do they're just like put nursing on your major and then if you don't like it just go on and do something else but by the time i said maybe i don't like it, it was like sophomore year i already went through two years of schooling two years left that means i would just finish while everyone else is still trying to figure out stuff and then i finished with my degree and then from there i was like why stop there and just get the job and find the stability that they kept preaching as typical filipino parents but then my first job I ended up working at like a subacute care facility that specifically took care of developmentally disabled population, which I actually for some reason loved because all the like the residents there were so just like purely joyful that you're helping them kind of thing. Yeah. But then obviously being super local and the pay wasn't that great, like getting what like a maybe a thousand dollars every two weeks. And then after that, since my parents, like I said, are both nurses, they were working at Mount Sinai at the time. So they got me in there. I first started on heart failure and then after after like four or five years, I switched over to electrophysiology. So just even more specialized cardiac, pretty much. How much do you make at this job? Right now, it's anywhere from 1600 to 1800 a week. I forgot Mount Sinai pays you weekly, not bi-weekly. Yep. That's so pretty decent. You know, that's about $3,200 every two weeks. Yeah. That's right. So like a little bit more than six grand over the month, I guess. So we talked about the social media one, like uh, YouTube. I have like, I don't know, I used to have like 30,000 subs and ever since I switched which to niching down and going from stock picks, crypto picks to just, I just wanted to educate more because I, I find more love in doing that. But then once I started doing that, my subscriptions dropped a significant amount, like probably lost like 6,000 subscribers. But last year at like the highest monthly was around like 10K a month. So I started a real estate business where I started to buy rental properties. I only started that last year. Obviously when you make more money, you pay more taxes. And when I talked to my accountant, they're like the best way to hedge against income is real estate because you could technically depreciate yeah. a whole house and 
make it look like on paper that you have zero income and then you pay the least amount of tax as possible. And that's the play, even though I'm not making as much now from side hustles, at least I have the real estate to when it does happen again, I'm already hedged against taxes. And I feel like that's another part of like that money game that we were like talking about earlier. So the properties right now, one is currently vacant. We just had a tenant leave, but I bought that house for like less than a hundred thousand dollars, like $96,000. And yeah, and it was renting for eight fifty. And then like the mortgage is only 400 bucks. So I was pocketing 450, mm -hmm. but then you always have to like put money aside for things that yeah. potentially break. Like right now when in between tenants kind of thing, just fixing a few things. And then the other one I bought for 105,000 and that's renting for a thousand dollars. And that mortgage is around 600 and I pocket 400 on that. But overall cash flow wise, probably like a thousand overall for over two houses, which technically could be my kids' retirement funds. I've never seen any of my properties. And so like my realtor over there is also my property manager. She takes 10% of the rent for herself. So like she pays herself a hundred bucks out of the thousand. Yeah. And then she takes care of everything, all the phone calls, all the leaky faucets, toilets, everything. And all she has to do is send me an invoice of whatever might be fixed, yeah. needs to be fixed, or hopefully it's the month that nothing happened at all. And then it just feels good just to see something hit my bank account. And how much did you put down on each of these properties? 20% since the $96,000 oh. house was only like a little bit less than 20. And then the other one was like 25,000. Made, made way too much money from YouTube mm -hmm. since it was like around 10,000 a month. So over $100,000 from that. And then I was trading stocks in crypto. I cashed out over $250,000 from that. And then I got like real estate and then all, all this stuff. So, so that's about $400,000 right there that you've got. And then not including the W-2 of me and then me and my wife filed yeah. tax together and her W-2 as well. So you could technically say you guys made like 600000 yeah, you can technically say that. To get into nursing, I think is probably the best profession you could probably get into. Like if you want something that's fulfilling and you want something that gives you the time to focus on things outside of work, nursing is 100% it. Who like Where else can you get a job where you work three days a week and you have technically three to four days of trying to figure out what can you do to make your life a little bit better or make a little bit more money. So like, honestly, if you have it in you to be a healthcare provider, I would go into nursing. Do you need to go into CRNA or NP? I I personally don't think so because I dropped out of NP school because I didn't think the money was worth it or the time was worth it for me because you just have to really yeah. like it. But then if you want to go into side hustles, you can't look for the get rich quick thing yeah. because if you do that, your attention span for it isn't going to be there. If you're looking for a get rich quick thing, that means you're not really in it for the right reasons and you're probably not going to succeed in it because I've always believed in whatever you give to the world, the world gives back. So I first became a registered nurse and I practiced for a couple years. So that day I decided I'm going to get my master's. So I have a master's in nursing, clinical nurse specialist in med surge and in administration. And then a couple of years later, I realized as a unit manager, if you don't conform to administration, you leave. And so at that time I was going through a divorce and I had a great divorce attorney. I had never planned to be an attorney. And I thought, well, okay, I'll, I'll do it. I have the best job in the world because I help nurses. I help them with license issues and to start a business if they want to get out of corporate healthcare. I hung out my shingle starting to do legal nurse consulting. So that was the first practice that I had. And it took me five years uh, to get my practice to the point in legal nurse consulting where I had eight legal nurse consultants working for me. They came on a Monday, they got a case, they brought the case back the next Monday with the work product and got a check. And so that went on. But about 
maybe 10 years ago, something like that. I decided to do professional licensing defense. So I always say I empower nurses at the bedside and in business because once I figured out the secret on how to have a successful business, my law practice, the professional licensing defense, within nine months instead of five years, I got to the point where I made more money than as a legal nurse consultant. And so I continued to do both. And then I said, well, I know how to start a business. Why don't I help nurses become legal nurse consultants and have a successful business? And then I also help nurse business owners. So four different practices and I help a lot of nurses. I feel like I'm a nurse for nurses. So as a legal nurse consultant, you can charge like up to $200 an hour. And if you're charging $200 an hour, how many hours a week would you have to bill to make over a hundred thousand? 10 hours. Exactly. <laughs> Bingo. 10.4. Exactly. Okay. So when I was at the law firm, I was working like a dog, you know, 70, 80 hours a week. I would always there on Saturdays. So as an attorney, you can represent people before the licensing board. And so that's what I do. So you have to have a law degree to do that. But to be a legal nurse consultant, attorneys are hiring you for your nursing knowledge, not your legal knowledge. So any nurse can be a legal nurse consultant. So starting out, if you work in like New York City, you know, and you're probably working 80 hours a week and you're in the library the whole time doing research, you're probably going to make about 250000 And that would be the top for a new nurse if you were on the coast. And then if you were working for the state, obviously it's a lot less. It's probably under 100000 Have you ever represented any nurses who have been fired for posting on social media? Yes. In fact, these nurses, there was a private group. Even on a private group, you're not protected. It is not your platform. You don't own it. Anything on there is discoverable. So some nurses were discussing funeral arrangements for a patient and they got in trouble. So yeah, anything you post on social media, you can get in trouble. So don't post anything about patients or about your day or about work or anything, because even if you're looking for a job, they're going to look you up and see what they can find out about you. Should nurses buy their own malpractice insurance? Absolutely. Yes. I used to say it was a choice. Now I absolutely say yes. And the the reason why is because if your position is adverse to the hospitals, you get your own attorney by having your own insurance. Secondly, anybody can file a claim against you no matter what. I mean, I've had ex-husbands do it, you know, you name it. And now the nurse is stuck defending themselves. So at least with the right policy, you'll get professional licensing defense, which is invaluable. So um, I definitely think having your own attorney and to have assistance if you do have to go before the board is invaluable. So, and it's not that expensive. I know hospitals don't want you to have your own insurance because they want their attorneys to handle it if your position is different. But I've had nurses come to me and say, well, the case was settled and I'm reported to the National Practitioner Data Bank and they reported me and there's nothing I can do now. And it's affecting my ability to get a job and things like that. They weren't even a named party in the suit. Wow. By having your own counsel, you can avoid some of that. So definitely, I think having your own insurance is very helpful. You need your own attorney. And like I said, you will live and die by your documentation. So document, document, document. This business about, well, we're not paying overtime. you got to get out of here. If you're not done, you're not done. And by law, they have to pay you overtime. The best experience that I would tell you to do is go pull one of your charts do this, you know, ask your employer to help you with this, but go pull a couple of charts from six months ago. If you were put on the stand about it, would you be able to remember based on your documentation? I'm originally from Mississippi and that's where I got my nursing license. My grandmother was a nurse for like 30 years. In Mississippi, you don't get paid very well as a nurse. I worked as a nurse in the ICU in Mississippi. 
it's to be about six months. I started at 1850 an hour. I went to Virginia briefly, and then I found a travel contract. And at that time, I just got my one-year mark. And back then, they really wanted you to have a year before you could you could travel. And there was a travel contract that at the time was paying way more. And so I was like, oh, go out to California. I did one contract at a hospital in Marysville, California. I extended that, and that was it. After that, I ended up getting on with Dignity Health for a little bit down in Sacramento. And then eventually, I got to Kaiser, and, and there wasn't a whole you know, lot of point in, in travel. So I'm no longer with Kaiser. I've actually, in January, moved out to Florida. So I, I did take, well, we'll get into that. But at Kaiser, yeah, I did that a lot. I worked at Roseville. I worked at Sacramento. I worked at South Sac. And I changed different you know, positions there. I worked at the call center. And it's just, you apply. If you've got the seniority, you get the job. You know, we wanted my wife to be able to stay home. She's a nurse as well. And realistically, all this doesn't happen without her. I mean, she is the rock star. When I first started making money, I spent it as fast as I could. You know, I was always into it. How do I make more money? How do I make more money? How do I make more money? And she came and she's like, whoa, those $200 sunglasses, you just bought seven pairs because you lost six of them. That ain't happening anymore, <laughs> right? <laughs> so she put the lockdown and, and school me on that, which is amazing. We make a great team. She's kind of like the opposite of me. So she owned a house prior to us getting married. Eventually, we rented that out and bought. we, we bought several houses there. Um, we moved a few times. We lived in Rancho Cordova. We lived in El Grove. Um, and then we had that investment property. And then we had about some other investment properties out of state. Eventually, the house that we're in now is a vacation rental while we were there. There's a lot of things you can do with real estate to reduce your taxes. We actually did a 1031 exchange with that property, her wow. uh, house in Sacramento. And we bought five properties out south of Chicago with that, about an hour south of Chicago. That was our first thing. And then we actually rented out one of our houses that we lived in in, uh, in Rancho Cordova for a while. So we moved, bought a house, and then we went and bought another house and just rented that one out. So that was kind of another way. That we, for that one, we put down 20. So we've got a single family rental here that's paid off, a duplex here that's paid off. We have a trailer on a lot that we're looking to put another trailer on. That one's paid off. And then the one in Chicago is paid off as well. So at the time, I don't know if you remember this or you knew it, U-Haul trucks and stuff were crazy expensive. I mean, they're like for a little yeah. trailer to pull by, it was like six, $7,000. So we're like, oh man, that's that stinks. I have to pay that much to do it. So what we did is we looked for those same size trailers to buy and we bought one for like $3,400. We drove it across the country, right? And then when we got here, we sold it for 4000 So instead of you know, spending six or $7,000 on a trailer, if you just think about it, hey, is buying it an option? And even if we hadn't sold it for 4000 even if we sold it for $2,000, we'd been better off, right? But right now we're right around $2.9 million net worth. This is from 2014. Right before that, I had a net worth of about negative $10,000. And my wife was, probably brought us to break even at the time. I remember in 2019 is when we hit a million. And yeah, it was cool, but you're like, it doesn't really change anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? So once you get there, it's, I mean, it's, it's really great. It's definitely progress depending on what your goals are. But I think a lot of people think that it's some like magical, you do that, everything changes. So we have right now a little like $730,000 between 401ks and IRAs, Roth IRAs and brokerage accounts. The rest is real estate. We, so a lot of it is actually our house here. We got really lucky when we bought it a few years back and got a good deal on it. And the market's done really well out here. So that's probably about a million of it of the net worth part. And then the rest is rentals. Figure out how to increase your income. Uh, going and working for Kaiser, figure out how to do that. That's one way, or just anywhere really out in California for nurses, that's a good one. Figure out how to cut your expenses. You know, a lot of people are spending a ton of money that they don't really need to. And sometimes it's hard to increase your income and the things you can do immediately is decrease that, right? And, you know, just figure out what you want. And then as far as real estate, you know, you, you got to learn a lot. I mean, there's lots of books, there's lots of resources, there's uh, real estate investing groups, you know, find people that do it and, and talk to them, learn the basics and then start saving up and getting ready to, to buy a house and just go do it. The other thing I usually advise people when they're talking about as far as nursing is I advise people 
go get your associate's degree. My wife, she had moved $60,000 in student debt before we yeah. met. She paid it all off, but it, it was hard for her to get into school. It was hard for her to find a job because they all wanted you to have experience. She ended up going to Texas to get a job and work before coming back. And that was awful. And so what I tell people, just go somewhere cheap. I came out with no debt out of uh, nursing school. It was like, it cost like, I think three or four grand for the whole school, Like it was super cheap. And then afterwards you can get your bachelor's while you're working. So go make some money and do your bachelor's at the same time and don't do it the other way around. Currently living in California, which is just um, where I'm at is in Fillmore, was just a little bit just outside of LA County. You know, one of the things that made me become a nurse is like, I got into nursing a little bit later down the line. I graduated in uh, under um, psychology, followed a different path, was working in business for a little bit, but just wasn't finding it fulfilling. Ended up going back to working my valet job, which I was making great money doing at the time, but it just wasn't really getting me to where I needed to be in life. And I ended up going back like later when I turned 31. My uncle got me to go back into, you know, going to school and becoming a nurse. He was a taxi driver in New York until the age of like 52 and went back to nursing, graduated, ended up opening all these doors and possibilities that he never would have imagined. And he was just like, if I can do it, not even from this country, at the age of like 51, you can do it too. I graduated in 2015, got my first job in January of 2016. I had to learn the hard way. I thought the job was just going to come to me and I was going the traditional route, which I'll never go again. It's like going through Indeed, you know, and we, we'd all done it before because right. like that's what everybody else did. So you did it until I got so hungry that I started going to every single like uh, nursing job fair. I started meeting with recruiters. I started calling recruiters. And uh, one thing that I would do is I would say that even though I didn't submit a resume, I was just like, could I talk to a recruiter? Because I sent in a resume. I wasn't sure if you saw it. If I built a good relationship with them, they would be like, well, just go ahead and send it again. And I'll take a look. You just got to hustle. And then... Like within two weeks, I got several job offers to like all the hospitals that I want. My hourly rate was, uh, I think it was about $22 an hour. Um, that was my base. And for me, you know, I was working in valet and I was yeah. making decent money. So it was kind of like lateral, if not a little bit more yeah. than I was making. But it's just like, you know, at the same time, it's like you go through all this schooling, you go through all this work. And it's just yeah. like, I just got that little bump. And you know, the funny thing about it is you don't think it's that bad until I left Florida. Yeah. And then that's when it that's when it hit me like I felt like I was just like, you know, in a hostage situation. I'm finally getting out. <laughs> And then it's just like, I see what the real world is like. So I started in telemetry and then I'm still in telemetry now. And and, and one thing that I, I will also include is telemetry, I, I would say it's well-rounded. I did have the opportunity to start in ICU, but I took some bad advice from, you know, some legacy nurses. You, you don't want to start there, start, you know, here and get your experience. Then move. I tell nurses all the time, whatever you can start in, if it's elevated, if you feel like it's advanced practice, if they have a training program, do it because it's just like, like, you know, you could always go down. You want to That's go true. down to telemetry, it's harder to go up. Then I got the bug to try out California. So I've been part of the, like, you know, the fire movement. Yeah. I had to save up as much as possible. When I left my position at Stanford, I went back to traveling. My rate was about $7,800 a week. If I were to average it out, we would probably bring in about 12000 after taxes a month. Don't think twice about it. If you really want to do it, just start doing it. I had to do the prerequisites before I could even get in the program. So before I did, I probably went like a good 10 
years out in the workforce, laid off several times, working in different positions, ranging from sales to real estate, things like that. And, you know, I was terrified of science and I got into anatomy and physiology and I fell in love. When you're first starting out in nursing is probably the easiest time to kind of transition and go to where you want to go. Don't listen to the nurses that tell you, you got to start in med surge and you got to stay there for three years before you can do go wherever you want to go. You want to go into ICU, go into ICU, try out ER, try out cath lab if you get the opportunity because it's very sparse where you get those doors of opportunity. Because, you know, one reality that you probably know is just like hospitals don't really like to cross train as much as you might think they do. They want to hire ER nurses for ER positions. They want to hire ICU nurses for ICU positions. So if you get the chance to just just do it. Hey guys, I'm Les. Uh, I'm originally from Georgia, but as of now, thanks to discovering Jason's channel approximately about a year ago, I am now working in the Bay Area in California <laughs> where, you know, as Jason says, and it's not a joke, pay is way better than other U.S. states. I'm 27 and I'm currently a travel nurse that works in the operating room. Yeah, I was in Chicago for six months on my first travel assignment. But at the height of the pandemic, which would have been like March 2020, I was probably making $33, $34 an hour as a staff nurse in uh, Atlanta, Georgia. That was actually my second job. My first job, which was in 2017, when I had just graduated nursing school, I was actually making $19.50 an hour as a, as a new grad nurse. And I made that for about a year. So now I earn, right now I'm making $140 an hour. And the neat thing about that is as a travel nurse, you're entitled to stipends, which is tax-free money. Depending on where you're located at, the amount varies. When I was in Chicago, my stipend was 14 a week. So that's 1400 of tax-free money. You know, you're supposed to use it for your living expenses and all that. And right now, being in the Bay Area, specifically where I'm at, it changes throughout the Bay. I'm receiving about 2200 in tax-free stipends. Right now, the operating room is actually one of the highest paying assignments you can get or the part yes. as a traveler. Uh, any procedural units such as endoscopy, cath lab, OR. So I'm working eight-hour shifts right now. You know, when I was in Chicago, I was working 10-hour shifts. You're always posting your pie chart of how much you've earned, how much you're saving. You break yeah. down your expenses and your investments and your savings rate. And I'm like, damn, he's saving that much. I had made a Google sheet earlier this year when I was in Chicago. The hospital I worked at was slow, so I had plenty of time to learn other stuff. As of now, I think my net worth should be about 200000 Wow. Um, and you're 27, right? Yeah. I luckily happened to live close to a college, 30 minutes away where my parents lived. I had a good relationship with my family, so I didn't worry about it. I lived with them until I was 24 and I had a good amount of savings. I think, you know, I said, as soon as I made, I guess my first 60K saved, yeah. it's when I'll move out. This is probably gonna be the first year I actually maximized my 401k. I think last year I got to like 12,000, you know, I yeah. probably should have just maximized it too, but I didn't. I think uh, currently my 401ks, I have probably about 40,000 saved up. IRA, I probably have about 10, 11,000. HSA, I probably have a few thousand, maybe 5,000 total. As far as average grocery bill goes, it's about $430 a month. The past few months, not including this month, my average monthly gross pay is $22,000. My weekly net pay would be $4,100. $4,100. Wow. I mean, and that's take home, <laughs> correct? 
Yeah, that's take home. That's net pay. So after my 401k taxes, yeah, that's so. About, so yeah, sixteen thousand, seventeen thousand a month. Yeah, um, it's for about forty one hundred, four thousand. But you said, oh, that's a week. Yeah, that's a week. <laughs> so I've actually been driving the same car. You know, not, I keep saying this to myself. All right, I'll get a new car once I turn thirty. I've been driving a Mazda three that I've had since I was nineteen. That's basically been in like five, six car accidents where only one was my one was my fault. All the other ones were not yeah. my fault. Uh, so I've been driving that car. You know, it's pretty beat up. You have to be prepared to get in there, be a sponge, and go with the flow with the unit. I mean, obviously, don't do anything that's illegal or dangerous. But you know, different units have their own way of doing it they don't want to hear people be like well back home this is how we did this <laughs> yeah yeah you, know, you, you basically have to you have to have that friendly smile and face and be able to work with everyone my name is oliver i'm from california originally i've been a nurse for two years and um, i've been following jason very early on since i saw the <laughs> youtube channel partly why i went to kaiser i started off as a nurse in north carolina because that's where i did my accelerated bachelor in nursing. It was very easy to get a job in North Carolina and I knew that I would have trouble getting a job in California. So the way I did it was I moved to North Carolina in 2019 to start my accelerated program. I graduated in 2020 and I stayed there for an additional like year, year and a half um, to get my one year of nursing experience in North Carolina in the ICU because that's what I wanted. And um, it was readily easily to get it here and in California as a new grad, it's hard to get it. So I stayed there from August, 2020 to 2021. I was working as a nurse and then I moved back to the Bay Area in September to start at Kaiser last year. You know, connections are important. And I don't mean that, you know, having a family member there, what actually worked for me was LinkedIn. And the way I reached out to Kaiser was, I just started doing Google keyword searches. So for example, I wanted to work like Kaiser, let's say Sacramento, for example, even though I'm not there. So I would put like Google Kaiser Sacramento ICU manager. And I found a few managers on LinkedIn and I reached out to them and they responded pretty quickly, multiple facilities actually. And they offered me an interview like a week within me contacting them. I told them like, I really wanna go back to California, but I also think I would be a great fit on your unit. It was interesting because when I reached out on LinkedIn to one of my current A&Ms or assistant nurse managers, she actually set up the interview process. Like HR was lagging a bit. She like took it on her part to go interview me first, <laughs> but it took about a week from me contacting them to get getting the interview and then like a week later, I believe I got the offer. So do you remember how much you were making when you worked in North Carolina? Yes, I was making 25 an hour. <laughs> and how much did they offer you when you got hired at Kaiser? Uh, my base was 72, so that was pretty wow. nice. And that was with one year of experience? Yeah, one year. And how much are you making now? I just reached a year, so I think it just became 75 an hour. I work nights now, but... The difference was about $12 in like something cents, right? So... Yeah, I make... 87 an hour? 87 or 88 right now. And there's no overtime on my unit. I can go to another floor and pick up. I go to the telemetry or step down and then the metrage, just those two other floors. All the other units, maybe I could, but I feel like they're they're more staffed. Like PACU, like I really wanted to oh. go over there, but nope, they're staffed pretty well. I feel like if you're in a med surge, heli and ICU, I feel like those always consistently have overtime. I try to pick up one to two overtime shifts a week minimum try to do one so if icu doesn't have a shift i just call and ask does tally or med surge need a nurse and most often yes they do wow. need something
Floor and tally nursing is harder than ICU nursing because my attention span and also is like, I operate differently. I can focus on two patients or one, but when you're spread, I feel like you're spread thin on the other units. They're not as sick, but they can be very busy and heavy assignments. You know, like a lot of these patients are total cares. They can keep you running for the whole eight hours. And I see you, I'm very blessed that I feel like my unit, I'm not doing that the whole eight hours. So when you saw that first paycheck from Kaiser, how did you feel? I felt like I got, I'm getting paid what I deserve. Every other nurse in this nation should be getting paid more than what they're at, especially if you're outside of California for the amount of work that we have to do. My highest gross paycheck um, in like the two weeks was 16,000 and my take home might've been like 8.5K or something. I was definitely working probably four doubles a week. Okay, so four doubles a week. That's like about 120 hours, right? In the pay period. And that also varied because mm -hmm. If you're on third weekend, for example, if you work here two weekend days, 16 hours on the double pay, those two days, I was making about $5,600 in just those two days. With the third weekend, like you're getting the oh, double pay yeah. and your, your evening or night shift differential is also multiplied, you know, double. And your weekend differential is also doubled as well. So I live at my brother's house and I pay rent here. I was giving him like a thousand a month um, and then a thousand for my parents' house as well. My other biggest expense besides rent is food. I'm using HelloFresh. Um, so once I have my basic cooking skills done, I feel like I won't need to spend that much more money on food, but I'm definitely spending, I think like for those meal preps, Weekly, it's like $60, which I don't think it's like the worst oh, amount. Yeah, that's it's, it. It's that's it. <laughs> that's actually, I mean, so that those are your meals though for the entire week? Yes. So $60 a week? And I mean, sometimes I, I go out with my brother and eat like a yeah. pizza or like I go out with friends and eat like pupusas mm -hmm. or something. Yeah. But I want to say my food expenses aren't that much, especially because it's only for me and I'm not like a big eater. Yeah. There's some random things that will pop up with my parents' house expenses. Like I just bought my parents like a new fridge because ours broke down, that was $1,500. I pay my parents auto insurance, some other minor bills. Um, um, can you be my son? <laughs> my parents don't have like a great retirement, so I feel like I need to help them ease into it more comfortably. Like my dad is a, is a janitor and my mom really didn't work throughout her career because um, in 1989, when this was probably like a year or so into moving to the United States, there was an earthquake, the Loma Prieta earthquake. It happened during the Giants and Oakland baseball game World Series. It was a very big earthquake. My mom and her sisters were driving on the one of the Oakland bridges, not bridges, sorry, um, freeway decks. During this earthquake, they were on the bottom deck and uh, the bridge collapsed on their car. Oh, so my mom, she partly hasn't had like work because of that. She's not completely disabled. She walks, she's like, she can do stuff with her hands. I mean, it's just said that really took a toll on her and her life direction. Yeah. She had to get like 13 surgeries after Jeez. that accident. And she became like a dedicated stay-at-home mom while my dad was working. So yeah. they don't have a great retirement, so we just have to help them. I come from working class, like for, I'm a first generation college student, low income. We often view like our careers as something we want, like stable, it's practical. This is 
probably one of the perfect career fields that's going to guarantee you and your family stability like it has provided for me and my family. So uh, my recommendation to new nurses also is like, it's going to be hard this path whether you're doing this as a second career, like making the transition or going straight from high school to nursing. Nursing is, it is a very rewarding field. Even with all of the stuff you hear about in the news, I know it's been kind of negative over the past maybe year or two, but there are a lot of pros to this career. You're gonna be able to not worry about your finances. You're gonna live a, a comfortable life and you're not gonna worry about worrying about where your next paycheck's gonna be. So I definitely recommend this career field if you have the heart for it too, because you can't just do this merely for the money. I'm not saying you have to be infatuated or in love with nursing, but that caring persona, like it has to be there for you to do this kind of work. If you enjoy these clips and you wanna watch all of these videos in full, then make sure you click on this playlist here and you subscribe to the channel.